The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to begin my reflections this morning by drawing our attention to something we've talked about before here, which is the church year. Uh, there are certainly Sundays or festivals that everyone in our culture is familiar with. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of the major festivals of Christmas and Easter. Um, there are certainly seasons of the church here, which are also equally well known, maybe Advent and Lent come to mind. And then there are sort of lesser uh, but still important festivals, maybe Pentecost or Holy Trinity or last weekend we celebrated All Saints. And then there are weekends like this weekend, which in a way is a weekend like any other weekend in the church here. And in fact, that's indicated by the color I'm wearing, green, which suggests that we are in what is called ordinary time. So this is a ordinary weekend. However, it's unordinary in the sense that it is the second to last or penultimate weekend of the church year next year, as it, or next weekend rather, as it happens, is the final festival of the church year. It's called um, Christ the King or the Reign of Christ. And as we conclude another church year, it's appropriate always that we sort of anticipate that time when all will know God in God's entire and full glory and Christ will be uh, regal as our eternal king, and that means that this weekend is a weekend that's taken up with readings about the end times, about the final judgment, about last things. Um, I didn't have a chance to talk to Steve after he read the gospel this morning, uh, but last night my dear colleague, Pastor Valerie Strand Patterson, had the privilege of reading the gospel, and she came down and she said, I'm glad I got to preach last week. 
And the truth is, all of the readings that are appointed for this weekend, we read two of them, but the prophet Micah is an appointed reading. There's a psalm that's appointed. And they're all, again, about last things. Second Thessalonians, about how the early Christians are trying to figure out what it means to, to anticipate these last things. And there's no doubt, there is no doubt that these readings have a, let's call it an ominous tone about them. And I want to suggest this morning uh, that we respond to these readings minimally with three different emotions. Anxiety, I'll, I'll call it passivity or being passive, and worry. I'm not suggesting that that's exhaustive or comprehensive, but I think those are three fair responses. Anxiety, being passive, and worry. And what I'd like to do this morning is draw our attention to the gospel from Luke today uh, and look at what Jesus has to say about this so that maybe we can reframe uh, our thinking about the end times or the last judgment or last things a little bit and view, uh, view them a little more positively. <clears throat> so um, this is chapter 21 in the, in the Gospel of Luke. Luke and his uh, followers have been in the temple now for a full chapter in the Gospel of Luke. And today's reading actually begins by his followers drawing attention to the temple. Now, what you need to know about the temple uh, is that at the time that this conversation was going on, it had been there in that location for more than 500 years. So that's a long time. Now, it had been recently expanded and renovated in a, a beautiful way by King Herod, uh, but it had been around for a long time, and it was the center of the Jews' understanding of who they were religiously and culturally and politically. And so there they are standing in the temple, and the reading begins by saying, some were speaking about the temple and how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God. And here's Jesus' response. As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down been there for 500 years, and then Jesus is saying, it's going it, to, this too will have an end. Now, what do you think his followers' question was? When is that going to happen? Right? Why? And this brings us to our first word, because now they are anxious about the future. They're anxious about knowing precisely when this event will happen. As human beings, we want to have clarity. We want to have certainty. Um, and what is Jesus' response? He's, and it's not only in this place. He says this in other places, too, when he gets a similar question. His response is, no one knows. Not even me. So even if I wanted, Jesus is saying, to tell you, I couldn't because I don't know. And therefore, what? In, the, in, today's, in this translation, verse 9, he says, do not be terrified. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't fill your life with anxiety, worrying about something that we, none of us know about, okay? So this is the first word, anxious. It makes us anxious. And Jesus himself is saying, don't be anxious. Don't be afraid. Trust, okay? Now there's a, a larger chunk of the, the reading uh, where Jesus talks about natural disasters, um, 
earthquakes and famines and plagues. He talks about, I'll call them macro-political events, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. All of this language, by the way, in this section that Jesus is lifting up comes from the Old Testament, from five, six, seven, eight prophets, which would have been language familiar to the people he's talking to. So he lifts up this uh, language about natural disasters and political events, and then he focuses the attention of the listeners a little bit by saying, and not only will there be natural disasters and macro political events, but all of you who are followers of me, you will be persecuted and martyred, right? And this is where the second word of passive comes up. We assume, okay, well, there's a whole lot of stuff that's going to happen to me or to us, and we will have no, I'm going to use the word, we will have no agency in responding. We're going to be acted upon, and we won't be able to be part of the events of the world. Which is why it's so interesting that Jesus at this point says uh, something totally counter to that. This is verse 13. He says, all of these things that happen will give you an opportunity to testify. Far from being passive, those events will allow you, my followers, to actually lean into them and help to share my love. Now, what you need to know is that by the time Luke wrote this gospel, the earliest Christians were already being persecuted and imprisoned and martyred. And for two millennia, Christians have continued to be persecuted and martyred and imprisoned. And if you study the history, what do you find out? That Jesus' words were accurate and true. That when these things happen, by some miracle of God's grace, these individuals are able to lean into those events and expand God's kingdom. To share God's love in a particularly special way. Okay, so this is a reminder for all of us that no matter what happens, we are not passively acted upon in this life, but rather God is inviting us to be active participants in sharing God's love. And by the way, uh, Jesus also says, and by the way, don't worry about how you're going to respond. Back to that first point of anxiety. If that time comes, I will give you the words. So you don't, again, have to be anxious about it. You can trust and be present to people today, here and now. So that's the second word, anxious or anxiety. Third is this word, worry. Related to the word anxious, I suppose, but the anxious one is about knowing, okay, well, when is the end time going to happen? This word, worry, is about what's going to happen to me when it happens, right? And Jesus in this passage talks about a whole lot of uh, things that are going to potentially go badly. And ultimately, of course, each of us is going to what? Die. And what does Jesus say about all that? He says, this is verse 18, not a hair of your head will perish. And here he is simply repeating the fundamental Christian conviction that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love, not even death itself. And so rather than worry about the end time, whenever it is and what's going to happen to us, we can live in what? Faith and hope. And share that faith and hope with others here and now. Now I want to bring us back 
to the church here I mentioned. Again, to the degree this is a ordinary Sunday, again, green, ordinary time, then uh, that may bleed into um, allowing us to think, okay, it's more of the same. I'm kind of tired of doing this whole God thing. I'm a little weary of it. And in this case, I'm going to turn us to the, the letter from Paul to the Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, again, the earliest Christians who were struggling to figure out how do we make sense of this Christian thing and being Christians and living in the world. And here's what Paul says to them, which I will now repeat to us on an ordinary Sunday of our life. Do not weary in doing what is right. Friends, God needs you today. So don't be weary. Keep at it. That's to the degree this is a normal Sunday. To the degree, as I've already mentioned, this is the second to last or penultimate Sunday of the church year, it also has something to teach us, which is that time is precious. And there is an urgency to what God invites us to do. And here I am reminded of some beautiful words by a French poet. I don't know his work well, but I love this passage. His name is Henri Frédéric Amiel. And out of that spirit of a sense of urgency, here is what he says. Life is short, and we have too little time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. Which is a beautiful reminder for us all. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Loving God, as we gather today, we pray you will remove our anxiety and allow us to trust in you. We pray you will remind us that we are not simply passive individuals who are acted upon, but agents of your love. And we pray you will remove our worries so that we can live out of a sense of faith and love and so that we can share it with those you place in our lives. In all this we pray, in the holy name of Jesus, amen.